0: think um we just kinda start jumping right into things and, and start talking and I think um the first and foremost I think I like people to know that we're having like a little bit of a slumber party here. <laughs> we're just in the bed talking. Um yeah.
1: got our jammies on, you know. Yeah. Having a nice little little kickback little discussion. Yeah.
0: Well so you are my daughter Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I've heard. Have been for quite a while, mm-hmm. and you are how old now? I am twenty years old. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Um, I think it's always hard to wrap our heads around um, our children's ages um, at certain points in their lives. Like, oh my gosh you're two. Oh my gosh. You're five. I can't believe you are a, you're double digits. You're a teenager. And then now you're 20. Like you actually pay taxes and can vote Mm -hmm. like that. I, I don't feel old enough, but this is where we are. And so I thought it would be really cool to have a discussion with, uh, someone your age about life and about the world. Um, As we are seeing it unfold, because as much as I have felt like, um, you know, I'm staying on the pulse of things of what's happening and what's going on. And I, you know, I'm cool enough to be on the different, uh, social medias and all of that, but you know, there's still like, life is different for you than it is for me. And life is different for you, um, at 20 than it was for me at 20. And so... Um, I don't know that we ever spend enough time really getting to know one another. Like we think we know each other. Um, I mean, I think you know me and I think I know you and I think I know your siblings, uh, my other children as well. But do we ever spend enough time having, you know, really interesting current event conversations and figuring out how you feel about the state of the world and the state of your future and I thought this was a good time to do that. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, my friends and I talk a lot about the state of our futures and just the world in general. Um, I'm lucky enough to go to a school um, with so many people from so many different um countries. So I it's super international. So I get to meet so many different types of people and so many um, different perspectives. But I think something that um, at least a lot of my friends uh, that we really worry about um, are the um, just the lack of like housing that is available to us. Um, it's just a lot of worry about what our lives are going to be like once we get out of college It's very where we feel very, very uncertain as to how we are going to be able to, you know, sustain ourselves. Um, I think college is a very like lucky time where you're kind of coming into your own and you're deciding how you feel about things. You're meeting new people, having new experiences, all these different things. But it almost feels like there's kind of like a shadow behind us. Of we we know that it's this is not this this relaxation period is not going to last. Okay,
0: so I want to back up a moment. Mm-hmm. I need you to introduce yourself.
1: Oh, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> sorry.
0: Well, let's do it this way. This is you know we this is how we do we we jump mm-hmm. into stuff and 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 we forget the basics and so I'm Erica Washington, your host of sticky note conversations with
1: erica washington and you are uh my name is skylar skylar jordan like i said i'm i'm 20 years old i am a junior in college studying almost a senior almost a senior so i'm almost done um but yes i will be i will be 21 uh later this year so
0: and so you mentioned housing as being something that you're concerned about um Why is that a concern?
1: That is a concern mainly because of money. It will be, it will be money and accessibility. Um, a lot of the friends I have, though it an international school. A lot of my friends are American. Um, and the, the biggest worry I would say is, are we going to be able to afford to live on our own? And are we going to, um, Find a good place to live on a safe place where we have access to everything that we need, because um, I know so many people who, you know, when you're 15, 16, you get a minimum wage job, you work at Starbucks, you work at McDonald's, you work somewhere, um, and you're living with your parents, you know, you're still in high school and you make some money you know just a little bit on the side if you want to go out with your friends or or find the money to buy a car or anything like that Um, but you work these jobs and then you move out you go to college you experience and yet once we're done we don't have the option to fully be adults because we can't find any place to live and every place that we find is the rent is so 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 high. So a lot of us end up just moving back in with our parents or with our family when we're, you know, um, early 20s, 22, 23, 24. And back well, what's to- wrong with that? Does that do you feel like you'd be less of an
0: adult if you had to move back home?
1: Yes. yes. I definitely
0: I definitely think that is that uh, would that feel like a failure?
1: it's I I definitely think it used to feel like a failure maybe I would say maybe my maybe my older sibling thinks that but I would say for me personally it's not necessarily that you are a failure it's more like um it feels like our society has failed us um because I I feel like I was told and it was marketed to me as you know once you finish college you know you get a job, get your own apartment or your own house, and you work and you save and you save up to buy a house, you get married, you have kids, don't have kids, whatever, you live your life. But we are so, it feels like we are in such a financial crisis that we can't even make it past that first step of getting a place on your own. Um, because, so, no, go ahead. Um, because it's just, it's so, expensive it's so difficult to find like I said a a safe place in the city or the state of the country that you want to live in and it just it just doesn't make any sense anymore to do that so it's not necessarily I wouldn't feel like I failed if once I graduate I have to move back in with you or with my dad I wouldn't feel like I'm a failure I would feel like wow the, the world has failed me I cannot I can't complete these steps anymore
0: because you feel like you held up your part of the bargain yes
1: okay. absolutely yes so do you feel seen by your government I that's a that's a funny question I feel seen by my government during election season that is when I feel seen.
0: um, Do you feel as though, because we're upon an election season, Mm -hmm. 2024, um, and mind you, there's always an election season. I don't want to take away from the uh, midterms or municipal elections that were sometimes held in the off years, Um, but specifically presidential elections, that's when, you know, everyone comes out um, with, all this different marketing to uh, target all of these different demographics. That's when it feels like maybe everyone matters for something uh, to vie for your vote. But do you feel as though the issues that specifically concern you as a 20-year-old, as a college student, as a um, young Black woman, do you feel as though your government sees you and cares about those issues
1: no no i think that um like i said um i definitely feel like our government pays the most attention to us during election season and outside of that once it's time to really do the work that they promise to do they don't don't. um i i know that our my age groups um I guess I'll say our, our big three, our big three elections that we paid the most attention to, we were old enough to understand were the, as far as president presidential elections, the 2016 election, the 2020 election, and then this coming, uh, in 2024. And, um, the last two, uh, 2016 and 2020, um, I really felt like there was so much light being, um, shown on, Gun violence, which is a huge, huge issue that is really important to my age group because pretty much every friend of mine, including myself, has had experience with, um, with a school shooting or multiple, um, and, you know, reproductive justice, um, having access to, to healthcare that we need, having access to, you know, a, a health center, a Planned Parenthood or whatever, you know, having, um, the ability to choose what we do with our bodies, and making sure that those doctors and those nurses are trained to help us with our bodies, because you know, black sometimes black women need different things. Sometimes um, it can be very frustrating when it feels like a doctor is not listening to you, because they don't they don't even really know how to treat you. Um, and those issues, I don't feel like are really. Seen when it comes to my age group, because I think there's so much marketing that uh, goes towards us. There's so much attention. There's so many, so many youth-led organizations that show up during the election season that get so much support. I see so many videos and social media posts and conversations being had um, about these issues during election season. And then once we get into the off season or Sometimes even during midterms, um, those youth-led organizations are just dis- have disappeared. Those these conversations are gone. These policies that we were promised have not happened, and it's very frustrating. So
0: what does uh? So then, what are your top priorities for twenty twenty four? Like, what are you looking for in a candidate um, to talk about in order to get your vote? Yeah.
1: My, the issues that I think are the most important um, are, like I said earlier, the the housing crisis. Um, I I can't say for sure what exactly needs to be done, um, just because that's not my personal expertise. But I know that it's, it's getting, it feels like it's getting worse and worse by the day. Um, Student loans is, is a big one, especially because it feels like there was so much conversation about it. Um, in the past few years about, you know, during the pandemic uh, student loan payments were paused and that took so much pressure off of our backs um, just to know that, you know, we had a little bit of extra time if we wanted to get ahead um, while we're still in college, but the the idea that there's going to be so much debt looming over us the second we graduate, six months after we graduate it's It's threatening. It's extremely threatening. Does it Um, scare you? Yes, absolutely. It's it scares me and it also discourages me from learning and from being in college at all. Let alone, you know, thinking about like graduate school or getting a master's or a PhD or a JD or anything like that. It 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 puts a huge hesitation on how much I want to focus and how uh, how hard I want to focus in my studies, because I know that the more I learn, the more I'm going to owe the government when I'm done learning. Mm-hmm. Any other issues? Um, I, I would say definitely um, healthcare and specifically uh, reproductive care. Um, I personally have had uh, a few experiences with doctors where I just felt like I wasn't quite being listened to or understood when it comes to getting, you know, uh, things like birth control. Um, And I get very worried when uh, my friends, you know, talk about um, having kids or just having, you know, safe sex because the accessibility of things feels so low that it's hard to feel like you can experience things, hard to feel like you can plan for a family, plan for a future when you have to, you know, just think about, hey, am I even like allowed to have like an abortion in this state that I want to move into? No, maybe I can't move there. And, you know, thinking about, will I feel, will I feel like the, are there, are there enough black doctors in this area no okay well then I guess I can't go to college in, in this city you know things like the, these are the conversations that we have to have with ourselves and with each other before we can do basic things and it would be great to have some real um, financial investment into healthcare facilities and making sure that those facilities are helping us because I feel like out of all of my friends it's always us. It's always the black woman that we just can't seem to catch a break in 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 healthcare.
0: So, as you think about uh, moving into uh, your senior year, which obviously means graduation. Do you think that uh, voting in this 2024 election will have any impact on your first year out uh, out of college? I don't want to say the real world because I think college is a part of the real world. I don't think the real world begins when you graduate from anything. You're in a version of the real world now, and then you're. Uh, Version of the real world will change when you're no longer in school. Do you think that there will be um, any difference? Or do you think it will stay the same?
1: I'm not sure. I think I don't want to say it'll stay completely the same. I think the policy that comes out of the 2024 election as well as the person who ends up becoming our next president will really dictate how safe I will feel in the country, how safe I will feel, how safe I will feel about the, my family being here. That will really dictate things. And I think that my my first year out of college will really show just how frustrating our government is, because like I said, first, first year out of college, that's when student loan payments start. That's when, you know, a lot of people, you know, once you get off your parents' healthcare and you have to really figure out, you know, doctor's appointments and things like that for yourself, that's when, you know, you're really going to want to, or I will really want to live on my own, have my own apartment, you know, have, you know, my own job, things like that. And, I'm already very anxious about that because all of those things depend on will my government allow me to do that? Will there be policy that allows me to have an affordable home? Will there be policy that allows me to um, be in a safe neighborhood with accessible resources?
0: Is it allow
1: or is it encourage
0: or advocate for? Because I think... Um, and, and this is interpreting what you say, but not not wanting to put words in your mouth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, when I hear word allow, I think that they have a choice in whether or not you have a home or not, which could be true. Or, you know, are we looking for our government to advocate for us to have, um, a, a stable home and an environment in which to thrive in meaning that we um, not only have the the basics the the foundation but that it is all in the pursuit of happiness I guess and we are saying that you know the, the government is you know purposely putting together programs and um, initiatives that, um, not only allow for the basics, but advocates for uh, folks to have what they need to thrive and not just survive. Because the government has allowed homes. I, when I when I think of allowing homes, I think of like um, housing authority, uh, the housing authority. I think of uh, what they would call projects, I guess, or you know that sort of um, affordable housing or government-assistant housing, but you know, where is the next step up for um, ensuring that folks have, you know, maybe a single family home where they can um, grow a family, whatever they want their family to look like?
1: Right, right. I use the word allow simply because I'm a firm believer in the idea that um, the people have the tools, right? We have the tools, we advocate for ourselves, we have social media access so that we can um communicate our needs and we can talk to other folks. You know, I we we have the ability to um participate in our government and to vote and to call our legislators and tell them what the change we need and when we need it, which is now. But my issue is I feel like we don't necessarily have like the platform. I feel like a lot of our time a lot of the times our government doesn't really listen to us, and um, specifically when it comes to housing, going off your point, um, I, I think that um, our government allows us, uh, when I, and when I say us, I mean my age group specifically, um, uh, and especially um, young Black women, our government allows us to have housing. You know we're able to get housing but is it affordable is it safe is it an accessible environment do we have access to you know healthy grocery stores and doctor's offices are nearby um you know is it a good school district things like that those are things that are stifled those are things that you know are that rely on funding from the government that the government doesn't give that relies on you know um jobs being available that relies on the environment in the neighborhood in the community being taken care of and those are things that i believe are also just as important and those are the things that it feels like that i feel like our government is not allowing so that is why specifically i use that but um but you know let let me let
0: me ask you this um it's something i've been thinking a lot about um you know, there's Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Libertarians, mm-hmm. um, all different sort of parties. But you know, we we are basically, the United States is a two-party system. Right. Uh, and back in your great-grandfather's day, um, folks were, you know, proud, card-carrying, you know, Democrats or Republicans, or what have you, Mm -hmm. and they boasted about being a Democrat or Republican or however they identified, Um, it feels to me that that is sort of um, fading away a little bit. Yes. And so I'm wondering how you see yourself. How do you identify? And I don't know if you've had any of these discussions with your peer group and how they identify. Not so much you know, who they voted for, but do they identify with a party?
1: Party Party-wise, no, that's not something that I would say my age group really um, identifies with. We don't really, but most of my friends, if they had to choose me as well, we would say Democrat, but that's not the language that we, we use. We mostly use, um, liberal, and conservative, um, which is not necessarily saying that those are the same as, as Democrat and Republican, but, um, as far as the actual parties go, I, I would not say that I am strictly one or the other, just because, um, I feel like I've had so many, um, qualms, so, so many, um, reservations, with each, obviously more one than the other, um, but um, but we don't we don't really use party system anymore. That's I, I would not say that is how um, myself or any of my friends identify. Do you? How do you feel about um, us just pretty much having a two party
0: system though? Do you feel uh, do you have any thoughts or feelings around that?
1: Um, I I think that it can be very. Like I said, very stifling and it tends to lump people into groups. Um, but what I, what I, what I really think is that it's the system itself that needs to be changed because we really tend to talk about how, you know, there are so many things wrong. There are so many things that are difficult, you know, there's housing, there's healthcare, there's student loans, there's, you know, the job market, there's, there's all these different things. And those are all symptoms. Those are all, you know, little problems that we want to kind of play whack-a-mole with. But the reality is, is that our entire, the entire system is not built for us. And our government is not listening to us. It it feels like they lose interest once they've gotten the seat that they want. And, you know, that is the, that, that is the main problem is the, the system itself is not, built to support young black women that is that is the main thing so you think it's built to support young people at all not necessarily no and i i i would say that is more because we just don't have a lot of young people in office and there can be a bit of a generational I I hesitate to say discrimination, um, because, you know, there's there's kind of a it's kind of a trope that, you know, people say, oh, you know, young people, they don't know any better. And, you know, this is kind of the way that it's always been. And, you know, every one of my 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 friends and I as legislators, they're all over, you know, 35, 40. A lot of them, a lot of them are over 50. Mm -hmm. Hmm? 35 old 35 is not <laughs> old I'm like, I don't know, 30, over 35 I don't know, whoa, 30, 35 gosh. is not old 35 is not old I want to clarify that um but it but is. it can be it can be very frustrating when you know that your legislator your senator your assembly person your congressperson is they are making decisions that will not affect them in 20 30 years Um, Mm -hmm. and yet these are people that are making decisions for us who will definitely be around in 20, 30 years. And we'll have to deal with the consequences of that.
0: And they're not getting enough of your input.
1: No, they're not getting enough of our input. They're not getting, um, but, but I don't think it's that. I think they're just not listening. I think they're just not interested because I really feel like my age group is seen as, um, our turnout. We are seen as the percentage we're seen as, you know, we need to get these voters out and making sure that they're participating and making sure that they, you know, are calling their their legislators and are are voting on time and things like that. But the policy that we really need is not being paid attention to. We are seen, you know, only as our percentage and the reality is that there are so many people in my age group That know exactly what they want They know what they want to see They know the people that they want to vote for Um, They know the policy that they want Implemented But our policies aren't being implemented It's the policies of 50, 60 year olds Those are the policies So that's um,
0: um, A a quick question I think um, I want to ask you as we finish up This conversation about Um the election, democracy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does democracy mean to you? <sighs>
1: what does democracy mean to me? Democracy means. Democracy to me, personally, I would say, would mean that there is no minority. And when I say that, I mean that everyone's needs are being met. I see democracy as equity rather than equality. Um, I see it as the people who need help will get help financially, socially, mentally, etc. I see that as um, voters participating and their vote Feeling like it truly matters, feeling like my vote is really going towards a candidate um, that is going to implement the policy that I want to see. Okay. Let's talk a little bit
0: about the environment. Okay. I feel like when I was a kid in the 80s, folks talk about the environment. Um, We talked about the ozone layer. Mm -hmm. There were there were discussions around acid rain and uh, not I don't remember not saying that there weren't any conversations, but I don't remember anything specifically about climate change, maybe a little bit, but. Um, you know, they really talked about the ozone layer depleting and and meaning that things were going to get hotter, I guess, at some point. But you know, now it feels as though things have really sped up, um, mm-hmm. and things are becoming um, extremely dire, especially in certain parts of the world. At the same time, we haven't really changed our um, daily habits as far as. Um, You know, there are more electric cars on the road now and there are more folks um, buying electric cars, but there are more electric cars being made now. But not sure if that is actually going to help solve the problem, because, yes, there's less. Um, there may be less petroleum being used, less gas, but uh, the batteries that are needed for these electric cars, um, you know, still require mining. Uh, And so it feels like we just replace things with something else as temporary fixes. I don't know. Um, And I'm not an environmentalist. I'm not an environmental expert. Um, And I think, you know, I try to do my part where I can. Um, But I also know that, you know, my my hope is you will be on this earth a lot longer than I am. And, you know, I'm hoping that while you are on this earth and, you know, any children you may have or your siblings may have and and so on, my descendants, that they are in a space uh, and living in an environment that is healthy and safe. Um, But I'm not sure what that'll look like. And I know that it makes me nervous. um, But wondering, as a 20-year-old, you know, thinking about the future. You know, I'd like to ask you how you, where you see yourself in 20 years, and we can get to that point. But right now, it's like, are you concerned about the environment, climate change, and uh, the heating of the um, atmosphere, and all of that in your lifetime?
1: Yes, yes, I am. I am concerned. It's it's interesting that you said that when you grew up. The focus was mainly on the ozone layer and the heating. Yeah. I would say, for me, the focus is more on the oceans rising, mm. and you know, ice caps melting and things like that. That is when when I hear conversations, when I see, you know, media talking about um, the environment and the climate change effects. I it's mostly about um, the the oceans. Uh, rising in a couple inches and you know certain animals that are becoming extinct now um, I, I actually see more positive news which I think is great knowing that like the ozone layer is starting to um, start starting to get get better and you know uh, oceans are, are not uh, are still rising actually so that's not great but um, they are I've seen some news about you know Certain birds that we thought were extinct, or we thought you know had the last like one or two of its kind, are starting to reproduce again. I'm seeing you know a lot of trees being planted. Um, So I I think that as far as the environment goes, little by little we're starting to get better. I think it's probably because we're kind of reaching the um, we're we're in the last stretch uh, before. Things take a turn for the absolute worst. And do you think we're on the verge of Armageddon? Uh I've so I've heard. I've heard that, you know, if we don't fix things in the next 10 years, that that'll that be it.
0: What um, are you what do you do and what do your friends do? Um uh do you have anything specifically that um you you are cognizant of? Any sort of recycling or things you will or won't do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think a really big part, and this might sound a little funny, but it's true. The really the biggest part of like, you know, being true activists, especially when it comes to the environment, is shame. Shame works in in crazy ways. I I know so many of my friends who, you know, we recycle, you know, we lean. Towards you know, getting electric cars. We don't smoke cigarettes. Like we, you know, are as environmentally conscious as we can be. And the main thing you you hear or you say when you come in contact with someone or something that is not environmentally conscious, it's just like ill. Like that's gross. Like wow. Like you still smoke. You know how bad that is for the environment. That's gross. You don't recycle. You're weird. Like that. Ill. Like that, like that's really like, what about fast what happens? Um, fast fashion is,
0: well, first let me sort of, I don't, and I don't know that I can fully explain fast fashion the way that I would like to, um, but you know, it's the Sheehan's and the right. um, other online shops that uh, have all of these things. The clothes are really, really cheap. Um, and so you can wear them a couple times and sort of dispose of them. Mm-hmm. And I've seen these reports where there are just big landfills full of uh, this fast fashion, these these clothing items or what have you. And, you know, I get that it's nice to be able to have um you know, cute clothes that are, are really inexpensive, mm-hmm. and then that gives you a chance to buy more, and you can change up your wardrobe more often. But then the things aren't lasting, so then you throw them away. Right. And then it ends up in a landfill. And so. For me, personally, I have never purchased anything from those places. Now, not that I haven't purchased things that were on sale or end up being really cheap. And I have had to throw them away because, you know, <laughs> just garbage <laughs> material that mm-hmm. it was made from. Uh, but does that cross your mind as you are doing your you're shopping
1: yes yes absolutely I think fast fashion that kind of goes into a different conversation about consumerism and it's a bit of it's a bit of nihilism to be honest because I think when it comes to like things that are cheap um I hear a lot of you know this is just what I can afford this is just what I can afford and you know sometimes like you can't Save everything, you can't be an advocate for everything, and that that goes, that ties in with consumerism of people just wanting what they want and having ads being marketed to them day and night on every single media platform you could think of. Feeling, you know, seeing influencers talk about how much they love their $700 Sheen hauls and all of that. Um, And people buy into that, which is 100% a fact. Um, But it also plays into the fact that, you know, a lot of my friends and I myself will use those sites sometimes because it's just like, well, I can't afford a shirt that's $30. I don't have, I don't have $30 to spend on a shirt. Um, but I can use that $30 to buy like 15 different things on Sheen and we're just going to work with what we got. Um, I hear that all the time and I, so I, I definitely agree that fast fashion is bad. It's, it's very bad for the environment. But I also know that people are very quick to point at those sites that are inexpensive and that market towards my age group and can tend to, you know, you find videos of, of companies like that, like ripping off other companies and other people's designs and things like that. You can talk about those things as much as, as, as you'd like. But it's also knowing that, you know, the same, the same unethical practices that these fast fashion companies use, the other companies are using it too. The, the, the regular companies, the, the, the big, you know, multi-billion dollar H&Ms and anthropologies of the world, like they're using up those practices too. They're just they're just marketing is better and they have been getting away with it. So, you know, it plays into that nihilism of like, well, either way there's gonna be a landfill. Either way there's going to be unethical capitalism. There, there's there's a what a are saying, we supposed to do about it? Well, there's a saying that goes around, um, at least in my group, that there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, which I think is very true. Mm. And I what do we do about capitalism? It's, I, I know. I think I think about that all the time. Honestly, is that what keeps you up at uh, night? It really, it really does. What What can we do about? Like I said, what can we do about a society that isn't built for us? And my first instinct is is yeah, burn it to the ground and start a new one and figure it out. Or we, or we sit down and we we really hunker down and figure out the things we want to change and band together and do it. But both of those things are easier said than done, right? You know, you can't just. Can't just rally up the whole group and figure things out in 10 minutes. It's not how that works. And there's so there's so much, like I said, there's so much nihilism, there's so much exhaustion in my age group where it because it feels like everyone older than us is not interested in what we have to say. Sometimes it can really feel like, well, why are we saying, why are we saying anything? You know, why, why are we why are we doing this? Because you know, it it like like, like I said uh, before, the consequences will, will will come to us anyway, and we won't have as much of an opportunity to fix it twenty years from now. So it can be very threatening, very exhausting to know that there's so much going on, and it feels like we don't have the the platform to fix it. But I will say that it can feel that way but it's not it, it's that's that's not quite how it is i think that there are so many people so many peers of mine that even though it's exhausting even though there's so much you know there's so much unethical consumption under capitalism there's so many you know issues that we're still voting we're still calling our legislators we're still marching you know we're are still your friends are calling their legislators they sure are yes okay. um well, i have hear. i mean i i was surprised and like so excited to to see that um because i go to college in europe um but like i said you know it's an american university of my friends are american i was so happy to see that you know, I'm walking with my friends to class, we stop in the mailroom, and one of my friends has her ballot in, in the box, and I'm like, wow, like, you're, you're still voting even though you're out here, and she was like, yeah, like, why wouldn't I, which is another thing, it's a no shame, because, you know, you, you talk to somebody that, that hasn't voted, and it's like, why, what do you mean you haven't voted, like, why, why would you not do it, that's so, like, instantly instantly called out instantly shamed as as quick as you as you can think it it's like wow like how can you how can you not at this point no matter how exhausted you are it's still how can you not like what do you mean you don't
0: mm-hmm.
1: I and i think you. that's great <laughs> i hear you mm-hmm. so i want to bring up the fact
0: that uh you were a uh, high school graduate class of 2020
1: <sighs> yes ma'am. the
0: pandemic class mm-hmm. for sure which was um, a lot for all of us. Um, I mean, for me as a parent, I was so sad and disappointed that, you know, I wasn't getting a graduation to go to for my kid. Like, I'm looking forward to sending you off um, to college, but I'm also looking forward to, you know, you going to prom if you wanted to, you um, walking across the stage so I can hoot and holler and, you know, maybe even embarrass you a little bit, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and all of that. And, you know, none of that happened. All of a sudden you were at school and next thing you know, you weren't at school anymore. And so, you know, it felt uh, it felt very abbreviated, I guess, and just sort of abruptly uh, shut down. Um, as far as your college career or your high school career, like Mm -hmm. it was just like, I mean, there was some online classes still happening, but for a senior, you know, come March, you know, there's not a whole lot left except for your senior skip days and your, um, all, all the fun stuff, senior trips, and you, you weren't able to do any of those things. And so I wonder if that has affected, you know, your generation, at all um ending ending high school like that and going into college uh into a pandemic and you know social distancing and all of that like do you think uh your college experience is different from say your older sister
1: yes yes i on on a on a on a very frustrating level i i think that that my, the end of high school slash beginning college experience was very unique in the sense that, you know, I couldn't really relate to anyone older than me talking about, you know, how I had to uh, wear a mask and there could only be, you know, a maximum of, of 20 people in a classroom. And we all had to sit, you know, one desk in between each other. Um, masks on, um, hand sanitizer everywhere um, in order to learn. That's not something that anyone older than me can really relate to. Um, but it was also very upsetting. To, it, it really felt like that reward of high school graduation and prom and, you know, senior senior trips and, and senior skip day and all those things, it really felt like it was like taken and it can never be; it can never come back.
0: What do you think that uh, it has made you stronger at all? This sort of adversity, mm-hmm. or no?
1: You- I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I think that it made me. Um, it. It. I wouldn't say it's stronger. I would say um, it. It helped me adapt a little bit, but I also. I, I think this is. I think this is uh, similar for for most people, not just people in my age group, um, but mine especially. It really stifled my my ability to to grow and to learn. Um, just as a person, I I, ha- I used to have this conversation a lot when I first got to college because you know it was the main thing we were talking about was that you know we all still feel like we're sixteen. We all still feel like you know we're going through the motions of growing up you get through middle school you get through high school and then graduation is kind of like this it's almost like a reset where it's like okay after this day well, the second you leave that ceremony you have your diploma you have your your cap and gown like you are no longer a teenager now like you are no longer a high schooler the second you leave that building that will be the last time you are ever in that high school And that is it. Like, you are starting your adulthood here. Um, And we didn't have that. And so going into college, you know, at, you know, 17, about to be 18, sitting online, you know, sitting, um, you know, six feet apart in your classes, like, like, you know, your mind is, is all over the place. Because you you kind of hit pause in growing up, you hit pause in maturing. And then you're, Flash forward now you're here and it's like I don't I don't know how to how to talk to my professor anymore because the first the first you know year that I knew her the first year that I knew how to do college I was still living in my parents' house um, laying in bed staring at Zoom I don't you know I don't know how to how to do this I don't know how to um, make friends in college I don't know how to I don't know how to, how to do things comfortably because I'm still 16. I'm still, when I think of a classroom, I'm still in my, um, my junior years classroom. You know, I'm still, I'm still thinking as the mind of a 16 year old because I didn't get those, those hard milestones. All those milestones were skipped.
0: So question about high school or, um, yeah, high school. Uh, specifically you are, um, uh, partially anyway, a product of CCSD, mm-hmm. uh, the Clark County school district in Las Vegas, Nevada. You are a, um, graduate of Desert Pines high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of thoughts around, uh, the education system in Clark County in Las Vegas, which is the fifth largest school district in the country um, but also ranked as one of the poorest Mm -hmm. um, the poorest in the sense of uh, education wise not not monetarily uh, but it's ranked pretty low do you feel like you got a good education
1: I feel like a good I feel like I got a good
0: education and when you compare yourself to and not that we should compare ourselves to anyone, <laughs> but when you when you compare your experience and uh, the lessons that you were taught in school with your peers who are international, do you feel like you are in a competitive space?
1: Uh, yes, yes. I definitely feel like I'm in a very competitive space. I am lucky enough to go to a private school and talking with my peers who have grown up in a more in, in, in a wealthier school district. I can definitely see that they didn't have the same struggles that I did and that they I, I sometimes feel as if I'm, I'm, I'm almost lacking in, in my knowledge and my intelligence when I'm talking to them, because I realized like, wow, like they were able to have really nice computers and, you know, up to date textbooks. And they didn't, you know, there was, there was always, you know, there was always teachers. They didn't have a, they didn't have so many substitute teachers that there was no teacher for a class the entire year. You know, there was, there's so much, um, that I feel like I'm I, I almost like missed out on simply because my school didn't have the resources. Um, I will say that the teachers that I had in high school bent over backwards to make sure that we had the best education that we could. And a lot of I feel like a lot of my teachings in class they more came from the the actual educator Rather than the books, it was a lot of curriculum that they had come up with. It was a lot of um, them teaching real world real world experiences that they had gone through. It was it was teachers that connected with us because you know my my school was on the east side of Las Vegas, and I had so there were so many of my peers that just were not in safe environments at home and didn't have a lot of access to things that they needed. And my teachers could, could empathize with that and they could get it because, you know, a lot of them also lived in that area or um, lower income areas. And a lot, of, a lot of us kind of bonded with that. And so the educators were able to teach us where we were rather than going to college and being around people who were from all different, you know, types of, of incomes, and they were from all different places. And it, it really felt like I was, I was lagging behind. And there would be conversations I would have with people where they'd say, Oh, in high school, you know, it was really cool when we got to go on this trip to, you know, this country. And I was like, wow, I, that's, that's insane. That's amazing. Like i my my school would not be able to do that. And, you know, talking about like just simple issues in my school of, you know, constant revolving substitute teachers, you know, having a lot of teen pregnancy issues and, you know, having some some gun violence in my um, not only in the school, but in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So there, there's a lot of things that I can't really relate to. Which can be uh, a little frustrating. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think that's the beauty of
0: college a little mm-hmm. bit that it's such a, it should be such a melting pot of different experiences. Um, it's never fair if folks don't feel like they are uh, ready to be in certain um, classes or areas. Everyone should have a semi-level playing field, mm-hmm. if if not a completely level playing field. But having those different backgrounds, I think, is what helps make um, life interesting
1: mm-hmm.
0: all, to, all the way around. So I want to uh, end on this note and wrap up because we are running out of time. Um, where do you see yourself in 24 years? And I'm being specific about 24 years because I just turned 44 and you (laughs) are 20. So I'd like to know where you see yourself when you are my age.
1: 24 years from now, I... I don't know how well our planet will be holding up in 24 years. So it's hard to say. I... I... Where would you like to see yours? I would I would like to see a healthier planet. I would like to see um, rainforests being restored. I would like to have, you know, clean drinking water everywhere. I'd like to have all of those things. I'd like to be able to live. I'd like to be able to have purchased my own home with with um, without, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt looming over me every second of every day. I'd like to not have any student loan debt. I would like to, um, to to feel feel comfortable. Um, but I my age group doesn't really uh, plan for that far in the future. <laughs> okay. I, I, to be to be honest, just because you know there's so much uncertainty, it's hard to be confident in the fact that we will be able to get all of those things in, in 24 years. Um, so hard to hard to say.
0: Okay. Well thank you.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you for hanging out with me in this hotel room mm-hmm. and deciding to uh record our conversations.
1: Absolutely,
0: because you're fun to talk to.
1: So are you. And so I are you're you.
0: Pretty, you're pretty. You're
1: pretty. You're pretty smart. Mm. You spend a couple years with somebody and you learn. Hey, you're all right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought.
0: I'm like, I'll keep you around. <laughs>
1: For 24 more years.
0: <laughs> well, if not longer, but <laughs> certainly yes. I look forward to seeing where you are debt free in your lovely home mm-hmm. that mm. by that time I'll be living in um, <laughs> with you in 24 years. So I look forward to that. But thank you, Skylar.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Mom. I love you. I love you, Mom.
0: This is Sticky Note Conversations with Erica Washington. For a long time, I've been wanting to do this podcast. I've been the executive director of Make It Work Nevada and Make It Work Nevada Education Fund for almost seven years. We have advocated for social justice issues um, as a reproductive justice organization that has helped hopefully thousands of people over the course of our, our lifetime. But before that, I was a journalist and I loved it. That's where I learned the ins and outs of Las Vegas, where I learned the history and had the opportunity to talk to some amazing people. And as much as I enjoy the work that I do now, I miss journalism. I missed being able to have deep conversations with people and If anybody knows me, if anybody's ever been to my office, they know that I am a lover of sticky notes. All different colors, textures, uh, shapes, and forms, uh, I write everything down on a sticky note. and It's the way I keep my thoughts in order and my my to-do lists are even remotely manageable. So I create an array of sticky notes on my desk, on my wall. If I have a new idea, put it on a sticky note. Someone I want want to meet with, sticky note. Need to remember to pay a parking ticket? Write it on a sticky note. As a matter of fact, I still need to actually do that. But over the course um, of the last year, this sticky note has been on my desk to launch this podcast. And now here we are. This will allow me to dive into some more deep conversations with some really interesting people. Because I want to have real conversations that were more than just sound bites or regurgitated talking points about fluffy topics. My hope is that each episode feels like old friends catching up, revealing great information, but also humanity, struggle, victory, joy, grief, and possibly a flicker of transcendence. And so I hope you'll enjoy these as much as I do creating them. So join me here every Saturday as I pull a new sticky note off my desk and dive into some great conversation. This is Erica Washington, Sticky Note Conversations. See you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to Sticky Note Conversations with Erica Washington, hosted and executively produced by Erica Washington, with music, mixing, and editing by Black Gypsy, LLC. Special thanks to KUNV 91.5 in Las Vegas. This show is powered by Make It Work Nevada, a project of Tides Advocacy.